Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Holy cow, it's Thursday, booming into your ears. It is Broadcast the Boys right here on the Blogging the Boys Network with Roy White on Twitter at rdub3. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. And there was just excitement because football is here. The State of the Cowboys address was yesterday. Two hours of just unbridled, tremendous, I mean, intoxicating talk from Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and Stephen Jones. It was a press conference that did not include Jason Garrett for the first time in a long time. That was fun and intoxicating. Like it was just a great day. Football's here. It's starting. They're on the field. And then we get Everson Griffin. He just falls in the lap of the Dallas Cowboys at seven o'clock on Wednesday night. Just to, you know, wrap a bow around this tremendous day. Yeah. Cowboys fans could have been a little bit confused by thinking that the two hours nearly that they heard of Jason, uh, excuse me, of Jerry Jones. See, I'm already doing it. Jerry Jones, Steven, Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott, who also spoke after those three. You could be confused to think you heard a lot of football talk in that time frame. The answer actually is that you did not. If you listen to either of those press conferences, much of what was spoken about had absolutely nothing to do with the product of football. And yet, social media was completely abuzz, as yes. it should have been, because we were all starved for even the slightest snippet of Cowboys news. So we're amped up on this stuff, right? And we've all been talking about what has taken place uh, from the Cowboys press conference, what Dak Prescott had to say, which was all extremely fascinating and provided a number of talking points and angles to discuss. And then... On the heels of that high, in the cover of darkness, unbeknownst to the rest of the entire NFL, hell, perhaps while they were giving that press conference to us, they were behind the scenes working on a deal to arguably add the most efficient pass rushing weapon available in free agency. Everson Griffin. Excited yet? <laughs> Ten years in the Minnesota Vikings organization. This is a guy that still is in the prime of his career. He he had eight sacks last season, uh, eleven tackles for loss, twenty four quarterback hits last year for the Vikings. Um, he's had three double digit sack seasons since twenty fourteen. He's a four time four time Pro Bowler. Um, and look, at the end of the day, the Cowboys just needed something in terms of veteran help to solidify that right defensive end position. And I just never expected that that would be this guy in Everson Griffin. The Cowboys this offseason have been 
very unlike the Cowboys in recent history. And I think perhaps we've incorrectly attributed much of the organizational direction to Stephen Jones, and we've been downplaying without knowing really the 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 level in which Jason Garrett has operated in terms of the driving the direction of this personnel. I don't think it's a coincidence that Garrett is gone and suddenly in this offseason, this team has finally be- decided to become active in free agency in a way that we've just, we have not seen in the last decade from this organization. Well, it's not just free agency too. Right. Uh, Dak De- Prescott did say it as um, I- I'm sure knowing Dak Prescott, as we know him as classy of a guy as he can be exudes class and exudes leadership as he showed today. But he made a comment at the end of his press conference in which he basically said what Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff has brought to the table is making us a smarter football team. We were always a good football team, but we didn't play the type of smart football that we needed to play to play at our best. And so you bring that factor in um, and you add that to what they've done this offseason, this arguably is the most dynamic offseason in perhaps Cowboys history. Well, certainly since, you know, since the great title teams in the 90s, right? I mean, as this organization has been wandering the wasteland of championships lost and opportunities squandered for the last two decades, you know, th- this has not been – they have built through the draft. And really, I mean, you, you go back, there was the first 10 years after they won Super Bowls, and they were just in a bad place where they spent a ton of money on bad players and bad contracts and weren't very good at the draft. Made bad so, trades. Bad trades, horrible drafts, and bad decision-making. It was just not a good situation. So in the last 10 years, they overcorrected. You know, they went so far in the direction of just building entirely through the draft, not taking any chances in free agency. You know, like the one last decade that comes to mind is Brandon Carr. You know, like there's just it's just very rare to see them in the last decade go outside the organization and and find, you know, and find players. Well, here we are in 2020. You know, so there's the 2000s where they were bad and and bad at drafting, bad contracts, bad trades. Then the 2010s they overcorrected and were all about drafting and not about at all about signing players in free agency. And here we are at 2020. Their own. First year. Yeah, not in free agency. Right. Yes, they give their own players big money. Right. And now here we are in the first, you know, 2020, the first year of this third decade, basically. And the Cowboys have finally decided to go all in. And that I think is, that's what I think everybody's been waiting for. It's like, it's been, it's been two decades since this organization played in the NFC championship game. It's been so long it's like this team has the weapons and the pieces to be great. Just give it a push, sign a player like this to put you over the top and give you the opportunity to go all in. And that's, that's what this move says more than anything to me. That And that's, there's a little bit of Jerry and Steven, because I think we were wondering that. Is there, is there a little Jerry and Steven? A move like this is Jerry, but this is Steven pulling the trigger now. No question about it. Uh, it's Steven Stamp um, on this roster. Um, I don't think Mike McCarthy's influence can be understated as well. Totally. totally. Uh, Jane, Jane Slater made a mention, uh, in fact, that it was perhaps Mike McCarthy's influence that played a role in convincing Everson Griffin that the best place for him was the Dallas Cowboys. But um, George Edwards, you know, too, on the coaching staff, a, a former Vikings defensive coach as well. Yeah. 
And, uh, and, and you talk about kind of, I guess, did we attribute a lot of the mistakes to Steven Jones when they maybe perhaps should have gone Jason's way? Right. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe we did. Maybe we attributed that too much. All I know is this, though. Since Mike McCarthy has entered the building, every move that the Cowboys made, it seems, has been aces. Yep, well said. And, and I don't think many people would dispute that fact. And now uh, many Cowboys fans were asking themselves how they were going to replace 11 and a half sacks from Robert Quinn. And the answer we had to that question up to this point was, well, maybe we'll get four from Alden Smith. Maybe we'll get four and a half, five from a returning Tyrone Crawford. Pray that Randy Gregory, and we won't get back into that on this podcast here, but pray that Randy Gregory somehow gets reinstated and can give us two or three. And that's how we're going to replace Robert Quinn's 11 and a half sacks from 2019. Well, now uh, you have a player who essentially – Anytime he's been able to be on the field for at least 15 games in a season has provided at least eight sacks in Everson Griffin over the last six years from the age of 27 to 32. Um, Don't worry about the fact that he's 33 years old. There's not a significant fall off there. Uh, Take a look at his tape. As I've tweeted out at RW3, John Owning at Dallas Morning News did a great write-up on why Everson Griffin was a favorable player to add over Jadavian Clowney for the Dallas Cowboys. And I agree with that Yep, because he is a more efficient sack artist in terms of pressures per sack. He has better numbers over the course of his career than Jadavian Clowney. And he's done it for longer. What Jadavian Clowney excels at is stopping the run. Everson Griffin, meanwhile, will get to the passer. And for this Cowboys unit, that added Gerald McCoy, that added Don Terry Poe, that's as big as they've been on the interior of the line and as healthy as they've been on the edges. What they needed was a guy who gets to the who gets to the quarterback, and so that's why I agree with John that Everson Griffin was the right call, and I think Robert Quinn has been more than replaced. Yeah. Um, Robert Quinn, by the way, signed earlier this offseason, you may remember, with the Bears, five years, $70 million, $30 million guaranteed. Um, I, I mean, the Cowboys right now have about $8.3 million available in cap space. They, they, now, so it's worth reason, Bears to reason, that the Cowboys are spending $8 million bucks on, on Everson Griffin for, for one season. It is a one-year deal. The money, though, has not been made public, at least yet, by, by our taping. Um, so it's obvious that the Cowboys have signed Everson Griffin for significantly less than they could have re-signed Robert Quinn, which is crazy because I would rather have Everson Griffin if the money's equal. Not only would you rather have Everson Griffin, but because of the timing that they signed him, you get the compensatory pick for Robert Quinn leaving without that formula being affected by the signing of Everson Griffin because you've signed him after the deadline where compensatory picks matter for the upcoming season. It is an absolute home run for and the then, Dallas Cowboys. And then don't they, wouldn't they then get a compensatory pick for Griffin if he leaves in free agency after next season? Oh, you're really I, – I love the math that you're doing there, Ari, because that's <laughs> where that's – where, 
quite honestly, the Belichickian resume in the NFL, that is the path that he has taken consistently year in and year out, is adding players of that type that the following season stand an opportunity to gain the Patriots a compensatory pick, and that's exactly what Everson Griffin does. In fact, you could probably, just off the top of my head, name three or four players that the Cowboys would expect to get compensatory picks from next season. And, uh, and you expect them to be pretty considerable contributors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Malik Collins, Byron Jones, Robert Quinn are three that come to mind. Am I missing anybody? Well, that's for obviously the the free agents that they lost this offseason. I'm speaking of the free agents that they will, in theory, lose yes. next season, right? We we mentioned earlier that Everson Griffin could per- perhaps have signed a one year contract for eight million bucks, considering the Cowboys have only eight and a half left in the cap. Now they they could make a corresponding move and cut Tyrone Crawford, which is has sort of long been rumored because Crawford counts $9 million against the cap this year. If they cut him, they save 8 million bucks, only 1 million in dead money. So, you know, perhaps they could cut him in order to come up with enough cash to sign Griffin. If Griffin, you know, wouldn't have signed for, for the 8 million bucks, whatever they had left in the cap. Basically because they have $8.3 million left, he could have potentially signed for less than that, or the Cowboys could have made a corresponding move by cutting Tyron Crawford and saving the money, which paid him more. Here's the reality of it. Everson Griffin tore up his own contract, which would have paid him $14 bucks over the next couple of years, and then hit the open market and, I mean, isn't getting even close to the contract that he tore up with the Vikings. So, I mean, it's crazy to think that he even signed for $10 bucks let alone $8 million bucks. Again, considering he could have played had he not done anything for the Vikings this year for $14 million bucks, and next year for $14 million. Bucks. But he decided on his own to tear up that contract because he could, based on incentives from last season with the Vikings, where he needed eight sacks. He got the eight sacks, which means he could have torn up his contract and started anew, and that's what he did, and he's getting way less than what he would have been guaranteed to get anyways. Well, that's the fickle beast of the you know NFL offseason and the way that – Players can play a bit of a risky game. Um, it, it doesn't happen with all positions, but for players sometimes that can be viewed as hybrid types, obviously Everson Griffin is a pass rusher. The Cowboys are going to play him as a defensive end. 
but a lot of times in the Vikings scheme, he was listed, you know, in some, in some instances as a linebacker and even has a couple of interceptions to his resume. Uh, so they played him in pass coverage on occasion. Um, but, you know, I, I don't understand that reasoning either from a player standpoint, but these guys want to take a, a lot of these guys want to take a risk. I wouldn't have taken the risk at the age of 33. That's the biggest thing working against him. I think is that age. And I know, I don't believe in his case, that is, it is a significant number. Just as, as an example, I give you a guy like Cameron Wake a season ago, um, uh, had six or seven sacks with the Tennessee Titans at the age of 33 and played a pretty good defensive end position. But the fact is at that age, you're not going to be able to garner much in free agency. And you're certainly not going to get anything more than a one-year deal. So what does this mean for the Cowboys defense, Roy? Well, I do want to touch on the Tyron Crawford thing, I suppose. Sure. I I don't think that's a prudent move at this point to cut Tyron Crawford. Now I understand if Griffin costs $10 million and you need an extra 2 million. Well, I don't know. I, I would still probably try to find that somewhere else. I think what Tyrone Crawford brings to the table in the locker room and positionally, he is one of the few players on that defensive line that can shift seamlessly from outside to inside and play both positions, I would say, better than average. And because he can do that, he allows you potentially to carry another position that you may need. Maybe an extra cornerback, maybe an extra safety, maybe an extra linebacker. Probably not. Hopefully not. But in any sense, I believe Tyrone Crawford is a valuable piece, even at $9 million. I know that may be overpaying him a bit, but if you cut him now and say you get an extra $1 million that you needed to sign Everson Griffin, what are you going to do with the rest of that $8 million? You're not going to be able to add a talent, in my opinion, in my estimation, that's the level of Tyrone Crawford. And if you can't do that, then what does What's it really point? matter? Yeah, what yeah. does it really matter what you're paying him this season? Well said. Okay, so now address the question I asked you before. What does this do to the Cowboys defense, adding Everson Griffin? Uh, it makes them, I believe – in the top five in the league in a position group. I think you can say the Cowboys defensive line is now amongst the top five in the NFL. I think most people would say the Cowboys linebacker group is amongst the top three in the NFL. So now you have two position groups on your defense that are in the top five in the entire league. That in and of itself should be enough to propel your defense to middle of the road. Can they be better than that? Absolutely. Would I like them to be better than that? Yeah, get me into the top 10, and now we're talking about a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But, but I, I mean, but just I think they're legitimate that, Super Bowl contenders with this move alone. Yeah, I, I do. I believe, that, I believe that as well. I believe that as well. I, I, I still would say – the San Francisco 49ers defense is better than theirs. And Cowboys offense is better than this 
49ers, though, I think. 100%. At, every, at nearly every position except tight end, obviously. Yeah. I, look, it's an offensive league. Um, I would rather be top five at offense than top five at defense. You know, I, I know I, – look, I, I, I think the Cow- – I was worried the Cowboys' defense was going to be bad this year. Um, their secondary is leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I, I am excited about Leighton Van Der Esch's return. I'm not entirely sure what they have beyond that at linebacker. And I think Jalen Smith, they're going to obviously use him a lot more as a pass, situational pass rusher. But, yeah, their defensive line is damn good now. You know this, what it, this, makes their, it makes their defense? It makes their defense the perfect complement to what they want to do offensively. Well said. It may not be the best defense in the NFL. No one's going to stand on a pulpit and claim that in August of 2020 about the Dallas Cowboys. But when it comes to what the Cowboys want to do, which is boat race teams offensively, if you get up by two scores and force teams to drop back and pass the football, advantage goes way up for the Dallas Cowboys defense. Why? And Everson Griffin and Tank Lawrence, who can pin their ears back and focus on eating a quarterback's lunch. And Gerald McCoy, who's, you know, from an interior pass rusher perspective, I mean, this is one of the best in the game and has been for quite some time. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that they upgraded significantly at both interior defensive line positions. Yes. Okay. Not to mention – and we even forgot it on our blogging the boys uh, team roster build, but you and I mentioned it. Antoine Woods was re-signed and played very solidly at that position a season ago. And as I mentioned, Tyrone Crawford, who we all said would have started on the interior last season, were he healthy. So you're talking about adding three players this offseason to the interior of that defensive line that are upgrades. And now we may be talking about adding a third on the starting unit. That's an upgrade to what you had a season ago, referring to Everson Griffin over Robert Quinn. It is very difficult. I think to overstate how successful this offseason has been for the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you said it earlier, but it is it just incredible that every move they've made has been the right move, which in some ways makes me a little like cautious. Like it just can't it never works out like that. But cautious just, because because I think it's the right move and you're a hundred percent right. It it can't always we all can't agree it's the right move and have it wind up being the, being right, the right move, move. In every instance. But could it be the right move in like three or four of them? <laughs> I think so. CeeDee Lamb, Everson Griffin, Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback. Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe. Yeah. Not to mention the rest of the draft, which, you know, we were all just so Trayvon excited Diggs, about. Trayvon yeah. Robinson. Uh, also, they upgraded their coach. Uh, as we heard Dak Prescott mention during his press conference on Wednesday uh, with the statement that, now we're smarter, which is as big of a knock as you can have on his former coach and Jason Garrett and essentially saying out loud what we've all been thinking, which is Jason Garrett, good football guy, but uh, doesn't exactly leverage the modern trends of football to his advantage. 
He said, quote, Dak, I don't think we'd been as smart as we needed to be in football, end quote, which is leveraging modern trends, using analytics to guide play calling and decision making. It's not the be all end all, but it's a big piece. The Cowboys are leaving on the table. That is, I think, is point blank, as you could say. Uh, we are now going to be in 2020. Like we have now arrived in 2020 NFL football. Welcome Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, as we mentioned a bit ago, uh, Jason Garrett, I believe, and many Cowboys fans believe, he was holding this thing back. And Dak Prescott essentially said it for us all there in that Wednesday press conference. So good for him. I'm sure he would have phrased it differently if he thought we all would take it in this direction, but he said what he said. And I believe he probably said it from the heart. So yeah, I'm inclined to think that the Cowboys will be poised to improve again in 2020, which, you know, to step back for a second and take a look at the entire view again and take a look at the circumstances that Dak Prescott finds himself in saying in his press conference that he did still want to be a Cowboys for life, a Cowboy for life. Jerry Jones agreeing that, you know, circumstances, COVID and things really prevented them from getting a deal done, but they still foresaw a, a relationship into the future. That is such BS. Well, I hate if that. it I is, hate it. I hate Dak, that Prescott, Dak Prescott said everything right he could possibly say, but I will tell you, he absolutely has to perform this season now. Yeah. And it's strange to me that I'm saying that as they add a defensive player that will have absolutely zero effect on Dak Prescott's ultimate, you know, performance in 2020. But I say it because there are no excuses for the 2020 Dallas Cowboys anymore. Yeah. The, the quote, by the way, from Jerry was, we think he's our quarterback of the future. We just couldn't get together at this particular time. One of the biggest reasons is the economic issue, a less than stable time to discuss generational dollars in unknown times. Um, I, I mean, it's just such a BS cop-out answer. It's like, yeah, yeah, the, the cap's going to go down next year, but you're going to still play football after 2021, right, Jerry? Like, Well, Jerry was full of those <laughs> yesterday. He was. A lot of cop-outs. He, he handled it with grace. A, a lot of grace. That is well he, said. He spread the grace around, <laughs> and uh, we were all graced upon. So A lot of grace. But it's like, Jerry, you're going to play football after 2021, right? You're going to play those games on TV, right? Yeah, you'll be fine, even if the cap goes down next year. By the way, he, he ain't planning on losing that much revenue. He's going to have fans in the stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're right. And he's going to figure out a way to make up all of the revenue, no doubt about it. Which, by the way, I say that half mockingly, but I have to be honest, I think that the way that the Cowboys can execute this plan is, again, it's unlike any other stadium. It's unlike any other situation in the NFL. If you've been to a Cowboys game, you know that there are only certain entr entrances that based on your ticket, you can enter. So if your ticket is on the northeast side of the stadium, 
then you can only enter on the east side of the stadium. Or if you're on the southwest side, you can only enter on the west side of the stadium. And the Cowboys stadium is so sectioned off in that way that after Jerry explained how they would likely do ticket sales and seating, which is clumps of four or five at a time in some places, but scattered throughout, I actually think it sounded feasible that they could have 10 to 12,000 people in that stadium comfortably. Mm. Is that Uh, crazy? No. I mean, the way you explained it, you're right. It's a very unique situation at AT AT&T Stadium for the Cowboys. Like most stadiums, you can, at least in my experience. You can walk around the whole thing. Most stadiums, you can enter through any entrance and you can walk around wherever you would like once you are inside. But with this stadium specifically, your ticket is assigned a specific entrance. So the Cowboys, again, already have a leg up on the rest of the league when it comes to what may be the opportunity to have a home field advantage in a season where literally some teams are not allowed to do so. Mm. Yeah. Roy White, make sure to follow him on Twitter at RW3. Subscribe to his YouTube channel of the same name. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. And, of course, make sure to always keep it here to the Blogging the Boys podcast network uh, and at bloggingtheboys.com for tons and tons of fantastic, the best Cowboys coverage. But for now, Roy, leave the people with something. Hey, raise a glass because Everson Griffin's in the house, baby. Nice. I wish I had something better.